Hello, good people, and welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Here he is uh, in in February form, Nick Slavic. Uh, welcome back to the Contractor Secrets Podcast. Fittingly enough, we have the expo coming up next week. That'll be a big topic uh, of our conversation. But uh, here at the Contractor Secrets Podcast, Nick, you've always been so gracious to drop your gems. Let's hear mm. about the business. Let's get let's let's hear about what's going on in uh, in Nick Slavic Painting and Restoration Co. I'd love to get a update now. Mind you, the last time you were on this podcast, me and you have done Ask a Painter, but the last time you were here, because there's some people that ha- don't know you, and maybe they heard you on my podcast. It yeah. was 2021, so you have a little catching up to do with the Holy audience. Mama. <laughs> yeah, Tanner. Oh man, it is so. First off, before we jump into that, it is so fun following you, following Drip Jobs, following the Painting Contractors Facebook group. Like the resources you're putting out there um, are really going to professionalize our industry, and it doesn't go unnoticed. So seriously, before we do all this, so I don't forget, thank you for all that. Seriously, my pleasure. Absolutely. Um, yeah. So, boy, uh, it's been a busy couple years. Uh, we finished last year right at about 3 million, just over, I think we did 50 K, uh, produced more than that. So it was a really, really good year. Um, we had kind of a tale of two years where the first part of the year, it was pretty clear that the business needed some renovation and some modernization. And we did, and it got proven out in the P and L in the second part of the uh, year. So it was a, it was a great overall year we had been building for this for five years, you know, getting to the point where the right people, right seat systems in place. And it really did all kick off and it got easier. It got funner. Uh, our finish quality went up. The quality of people, uh, is higher than ever. Our retention is higher. And when all things click, all things click. And, uh, it's been yeah. a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah. So you and I had a great conversation about having to go back down to the foundation Um, of the business at at such a time i mean two million dollar operation having to having to go back down to the foundation and uh and do a ramjack tell me tell me a little bit about you know now that we're beyond that we don't have to go into that but beyond that and by foundation getting the right people in the right seats um how long was that period of time where you started to feel this you know feel the weight off your shoulders and start to see some clarity of like you know, cause there's this long period of time after mm-hmm. doing that, right. That you have to kind of sit in for a while and it doesn't seem certain. <laughs> what, how has that been for you? Yeah. So it's been really interesting. I, in the last 18 months, especially I've gotten a bunch of repetitions with this, but I like to, um, the biggest challenge for me recently is, um, kind of calibrating what I call the leadership compass, which is we have data and we have feelings, but a lot of times at the end of looking at the data and analyzing your feelings, there's not you do this and you can win, you know, things like that aren't laid out for us. So sometimes we need to create the ways to get the data, look at the data, analyze it. We need to look at our feelings, analyze our data, our feelings correctly, put those two together. And then we still have to come up with the right way forward. And over the past bunch of years, I think the biggest takeaway is uh, I've really learned to trust my instincts where when I feel a certain thing and the data says a certain thing, then I know what action to take. And that's been the biggest takeaway. So for me, it's typically about a three to six month process when, you know, there's a disturbance in the force, your spidey sense is tingling. And now um, years ago, I didn't know what that meant. It's like, well, business is stressful. It is what it is. Now I can key into it the day that it starts. I think, oh, here it is again, like this, and we can take actions right away. So it's a really interesting process. And uh, that was probably the biggest 
bit of knowledge gained over the last couple of years is doing that. And, and we've renovated the business many times. And I think the, the takeaway of all this is renovating and modernization, modernizing and professionalizing your business has to happen constantly. And it has to happen in all the little silos. It's got to constantly happen with the painters, the project management, the estimating, maybe even the office coordination, and certainly with the owner of the company. And the second you modernize and renovate all those things, you should probably start over and keep going back through them. <laughs> That's such a good point because it's consistent and never ending improvement. It's, you know, as soon as marketing, you feel like you got that taken care of and then boom, sales is having an issue that needs to be addressed. Or it's like not getting comfortable and thinking, hmm, it's been a little while before I've had to delve into something. What's let me be proactive here and delve into something and try to fix something. Right. So there's always something to do. You're a veteran. Thank you for your service, Nick. We appreciate you. Thank you being a veteran has translated into owning a business, but here's the kicker on this. You mentioned feelings from my understanding, outsider looking in, it's mostly reactive in, in the field of, of warfare. I mean, you know, there's not a lot of feelings involved there. Has that been a tough transition for you to be in a position as a leader to not so much go based off of run and gun to actually sit back and be someone who's actually coming up with the war plan. What has that been like? How's that transition been for you? Yeah, it's really interesting. So harken back to the days of the army, there's this thing that we call shoot, move and communicate, which is when you come under fire, you shoot, you move and you communicate with the other person and you do leapfrog. You shoot so that other person can move. That person shoots, then you can move. And and the covering mm-hmm. fire will give you that thing like that. Well, they there's a reason they send you to basic training. There's a reason they drill you for this stuff. So is that you don't have to think about it. It's muscle memory by the time you do it. So it's there are, there are many things about having a contract with the federal government where they basically owned you and military service that I did not enjoy. Um, but I took a lot away about leadership. I took a lot away about SOPs, uh, leading by example, things like that. And then translated greatly. So now, you know, when I've been thinking a lot about this lately too, and especially when I read all the posts in your Facebook group, I mean, you got to be approaching 200,000 people in there, Tanner. Yeah, yeah, we're getting there. I'm going hard on the posts lately. (laughs) dude so all right um so when i read the post there it is very clear to me that this is a reactive business a lot it's mainly reactive probably up until you have somewhere between two and a half and three and a half million dollars worth of revenue coming in consistently all the spots filled your systems in place and things like that so it's it when you found and grow and scale a company it is reactive because you're making something out of nothing and you're going to encounter things you never have. The goal is to get through that so you can be a boring, consistent manager with office hours and a routine and things like that. Because that's literally where the stress goes down, the fun goes up, the profit goes up, and your people get more happy. Yeah, and that's the green grass. But that do you ever is. get to a point for you, do you not like feel like you can relax. I mean, you're still in the grind. I mean, you're still, I mean, are you, do you, do you relax ever? Like, do you ever get to a point where yeah. you just like shut off? Like I could care less what happens today. I'm at a point where I'm just going to enjoy the success that I've, I've generated. Are you, do you ever get to that point? Uh, that is a completely rhetorical question. And you know, that answering it, uh, people like us, you, you don't ever do that. You, you don't. And so the perfect example is you, Tanner, which is, hey, yeah, I got a great painting company. We're doing really good work. I'm going to also start a software company. I'm going to also start the biggest painter forum in the world. No, people like us, servant leaders, 
will always do this. Just when you think your business is at a spot where it may not even need you, you're going to find something else because we physically and biologically cannot do that. Now, have to. there is something that I've been working on and I, I've actually made some pretty big strides in the last six months on a couple goals that are weird. Um, like creating an SOP. I wish I was back in the days of all I had to do is write down an SOP, right? Like that stuff yeah. to me is just like, I have a developed skill for it. I like it. One of my biggest goals for the last 12 months has been to be present where your mind and your body are in the same place. And yeah. this can be professionally, it can be personally yeah. and intentionally practicing it over and over and over again, being conscious of it doesn't mean you ever shut your caring off for your humans. It just means now that in the evening I've set up systems to where my phone's not buzzing so that I even have a chance of having yeah. my mind and body playing Legos with my kids in the same place. So yeah. it's they're they're intertwined. It's one of those things like if you want if you want to even have the chance of temporarily shutting off the immediate reaction mode in your head for your business, you have to work like hell on your business to get it to a point where it doesn't demand that from you. Uh, so much there. Uh, same here. <laughs> no, <dude>. uh, <laughs> because I think the, you know, every text message, if we have an energy bank of let's say a hundred points, every text message is like 0.5 of that. Every, every inquiry, I just got an email, a nasty email from a customer who was upset that we didn't want to take her job. Instantly, it puts me in a, a state of anxiety because I don't want yep. someone to leave a bad review about that. And I don't want expectations to feel so I had to. But, you know, so these are little minute things that add up to the day. And I thought to myself, I don't want to give my family what's left of me. Right. Mm. And I think that's a statement that I think we should all adopt. It's like we give our customers every bit of us. We're energized when we go into into work, you know, in the morning, we give our employees every bit of us. And it's like. I just don't want to be that type of dad to my kids. Like, oh, yeah. dad's tired. You know, the only games I, I used to play was me laying down. Like, all right, let's, uh, <laughs> you, know, you know, those ones, Nick. Like, all right. <laughs> dad, are, literally, what we used to, what it used to be at my house in the first decade of this business was we better play Legos quick with dad because if we look away, he's going to pass out on the couch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's like, come on, let's read, let's read another book, you know? And it's like, I just, you know, so putting systems in place for that has been huge. And actually, you know, it's funny. I had a, a, an office admin that's been with me for so long and, and she really only had the role of answering the phone remotely. And she said at one point, she's like, give me more responsibility. Mm. And I had to, I had to let it go. Like I had to let all yeah, that customer yeah. communication go and like, just be like, I'm, if you make, all right, we'll, we'll work through it. And it's just been so rewarding. So I can't emphasize that enough. Yeah. You know, when we talk, I want to get the most out of you because you're an endless source of gems, man. Um, so you've gotten to a point where I noticed a photo that you put up. Uh, you, you bring the whole team to the to the Slavic farm now, it looks like. Tell me tell me why the transition to isolate away from the shop. It looks like you're separating Ooh. sales and production. What is what was the call on that? Why 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 take them away from the shop? Oh, so get this. I think I, the picture you're probably referencing was me working from home alone. Was it the one no, with me at my eight, kitchen island? No, there was like eight people in the, in the office. It looked like in your in your office, everyone was working together. Ah, it was the Friday. Yeah. I think it was on Friday where you started doing that. The leadership team comes. Yep. Yeah. So what what's what we what we we actually even changed since since that we changed again. Where you know for five years my painters have had a four day work week, and it's an amazing recruiting tool for us. 
And I believe that it truly offers something that almost no other employer can do is a three-day weekend for I'm the rest of your life, how every weekend. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you just do it, right? Just like many other things. Yeah. And uh, so my, my leadership team used to work four nines and a four then. Uh, my painters work four tens. So my leadership team would work four nines and a four. We would come in for four hours on a Friday because there was no Slack attack. Like we, we support our people in a big way. We do 140,000 Slack messages a year within the company. And to have four hours where there was no things on Slack was really, people could take like deep dives into their projects do all the paint orders, set it all up, do the client communications. We could prep for the next week, clean up from the last week. And it was good. We got so many right people, right seat, right management, right systems in there that we actually didn't need that time. The work was completely doable within the four-day work week. So uh, in January, we did an experiment where we moved the entire leadership team, including myself, to a four-day work week. So we all did that. And now um, I... So obviously business owner, you're not getting a four day work week, right? Unless it's four fifteens, give or take. Right. But uh, Fridays now I go from my own war room at home. I do all the things that I need to do outside of this business. I do a lot of ask a painter stuff. I do a lot of PCA stuff. There is certainly things for the business, but that's sure. the rhythm we've fallen into. And we're sort of like rapidly iterating through that, trying to find a good balance of all that stuff. So. Beautiful. Uh, it sounds like, you know, you have problem solvers within your, in, within your business yeah, is what it's big. is so cool to have. I think if you go from a position and that's the natural progression of business, you, you, you yep. find your problem solvers and you double down on them. You're like, Hey, somebody's coming to me and saying, Hey, there's this process that I know you're unaware of, but we need to fix it. I'm not <laughs> looking for an answer, but I already have a solution. I just need you to approve it. Um, yep. that's cool great, you know, and encouraging <laughs> them to continue problem solving. And I think that's a leader's trait, Nick. I think you probably get people that come to you with ideas and you're not the type of person to shut them down. I think there's people that come to you no. with ideas that maybe, and this is just because I think I know you pretty well, that maybe yeah. are obvious ideas and things that you already had in mind, but you give them the credit for the idea because you want them to continue to feel as though they can contribute like these minor things that are very hard to uncover. Sometimes I feel like I do a good job when I interview, but there's so much more because yeah. I, I just, you know, there's so much an attestant to your leadership to scale to such a size. We've got PCA coming up now. Uh, you're the chair of the PCA. Let's talk about, you know, what your mission was coming into that. And if you don't know what the PCA is, uh, for those listening, it's the painter contractor painting contractor association. Uh, it, it seems to be revamping. It seems like there's a new energy in the building yep. with this hundred. How old is it? Dude, it's the 140th birthday at the expo next week. <laughs> 140th birthday of this. Of this 1880s. <laughs> it was founded. Amazing. So, so what has been your mission with it? How, how have you, like, what have you been doing the last year? Cause you and I spoke originally in a yeah. uh, gathering of paint, uh, Florida painters. I think you were just, you know, inducted into the role. What, it, what have you been doing? Yeah. So interestingly enough, like this is an organization where uh, the board of directors is not one of these nonprofit volunteer things where you just raise your hand, they put you in, you show up for four meetings of the year and you go home. It is a commitment. It is a big commitment. It's actually uh, give or take a six to eight year commitment from when you come in, you um, people groom you. The current board of directors is one of the craziest group of recruiters that I've ever seen. And I got a lesson in this, which is all year round, 
I'm looking in your Facebook group. We're going to my retreats. We're looking for the Ask a Painter live viewers. And we're looking for those people who are standout servant leaders. And then we start talking with them. Then we start becoming friends with them. And then we start hanging out a little more. It's all vetting because we, number one, like friends, but number two, we want to support this organization. So I got groomed to come onto the board of directors years ago. I actually stepped in for somebody who had a half term. They were resigning early. Uh, it was just a, a health and family sort of thing. So they brought me in and immediately they started grooming me saying, this is not just a sit in a chair volunteer position. You need how to learn to lead from a board of directors. This is no different than Google, Microsoft, where there's a board of directors and we have to gather a bunch of information. We're the holders of the vision and the strategy of a 140 year old nonprofit. And we need to not only create that strategy, but ensure the operations staff is carrying it through. And this is not a four time a year show up at a meeting and do that stuff. I mean, we're pouring over financials. We're reading leadership books. We're constantly um, having conversations and meetings with other board of directors, members, and even all our vendors and things like that. And at the time that I got brought in, they specifically chose me because a lot of the focus was going to be changing from internal professionalization and modernization of the PCA to an outward expression of that. And I'm a big loudmouth on social media. So they said, hey, Nick will probably be useful to this organization uh, in a few years. So they brought me in and it happened at a perfect time where the value prop is rounded out. We have a whole bunch of tangible things you can grab right now. We have all sorts of training and uh, we've we've done uh, a vision traction organizer. It's a, it's a traction based board of directors. And we've now realized like it is the lighthouse for servant leaders. We must provide opportunities for guys like Tanner. Otherwise, you're going to go find them somewhere else. And people love the events. So the vision and the strategy now is we need to do exactly what you do, Tanner, which is connect human beings in a very lonely trade to come together and feel the support that you and I feel from all of our friends in the industry. We we are literally benefactors of the thing that PCA and drip jobs and you and your Facebook group are trying to promote, which is common knowledge, shared practices, and supporting one another in an inclusive environment like that. So that's what I got brought on to do. And now we switch from internal locus. We are now facing outward and saying, hey world, um, this is a 140 year old organization. We rebranded, we modernized, we have brand new leadership. We got the best board of directors you've ever seen. And guess what? We're gonna be all over the country with events that you guys love. Love that, man. And I think that the awareness factor of the PCA four or five years ago, man, people are, <laughs> what is it? I, how does it help? I think they have standards of how things should be painted. I'm going to send my angry customer to the book that they have if they give <laughs> exactly. me a headache. Right. Um, and now it's like, Hey, I kind of want to be a part of that. And that expo man yep. is crazy. And that's one of the things we want to talk about here too, is, you know, yep. you had a pivotal moment as a expo attendee. When you first attended your first expo, how isolated were you? Yeah. in the industry like were you just yeah, one of dude. those like guys that just doesn't off the grid i have a painting business yeah. you know i'm friends was with my the definition of isolation i i couldn't okay. have been more alone i uh, even so you hear even... about this expo right you hear about this expo yeah. and, that, and then tell, tell us tell us what happened yeah, man. So I got I got dragged kicking and screaming because I used to get like APC magazine uh, and not it's not going to be confusing at all. It's APC magazine, American Painting Contractor and the PCA, yep. the Painting Contractors Association. APC right. is a hundred is a hundred year old magazine yeah. media outlet where the PCA, the Painting Contractors Association, um, contributes to. Um, we have since in the last couple of years, we've actually bought an APC magazine and we own that media and its IP outright. So 
I heard about the expo in APC magazine and the logo was a little dusty. I actually thought it was a trade union because it was so governmental looking like the yeah. logo. And so immediately I just, I, I did what all painters do. You brush it aside, whatever. It's probably a bunch of old grumpy dudes with gray hair and it's fine. And in the eighties and nineties, it probably was. But uh, Jason Paris, uh, my friend got involved and he's like, Hey Nick, we should both go to this thing. This looks fun. And, and we did. And it literally opened our eyes. Like we saw a whole bunch of people that looked like us, a whole bunch of people who thought about their families and professionalizing. It wasn't this dusty old organization. The problem was from the outside, it did look like that. So now that you got a peek on the inside, you met all these people, like my mind was blown. I shared uh, a couple episodes of Ask a Painter ago. I kept a Google Notes, uh, the little note keeping app, um, a Google Keep. I showed my original Google Keep entry from seven years ago at the expo when I was taking notes in real time from somebody who ran a $7 million painting company in wow. California about books to read, leadership skills. I still reference it. So when, you know, I had an epiphany, I couldn't have been more alone. And then within one day, not even, I, I wasn't even looking for friends. I wasn't looking to get away from what I was doing. I thought oh, I'm going to have so much to tell these people about how good I am at this. And you show up and you realize that everybody's doing it better than you. And they also want to help you. Yeah. 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 I think the perspective change is so cool. You huge. know, it's like, man, it's we huge, spend man. the whole year thinking we've got it covered. And then you hear something you're like, you're doing it. How? You know, um, Tanner, you get these, oh my God. So I know that, you know, um, once in a while you meet another painting company and literally they'll be like, yeah, we have this project manager that, um, you know, we, I haven't really given them any instruction and they produced $4.1 million of exterior house painting this last year. And you're just like, hold on a second, hold on a second. Tell yeah. me more. And they and yeah. you start diving in, but you get all these crazy data points, like you said. Just when you think you're getting good at something, you meet somebody who blows you out of the water. And guess what? They want to help you, which is cool. Yeah, yeah. And, and you're in the same room with them. I mean, everybody wants to help one yeah. another, at least I feel like. And you know what's interesting? It is. Um, is that we're in a time of, uh, you know, incredible collaboration, like with the group. I mean, you know, yeah. I think I get a little bit of uh, pressure, not pressure, uh, you know, people bash the questions. But for me, it's like, you know, if they're that bad of questions, why are so many people commenting? It's because we all yeah. experience the same problems. There's nothing like being around people who experience the same problems, same thoughts, same, you know, same stresses, anxieties. You know, when I said something about a customer emailing me, somebody might think I I've been there, you know? Um, so, yeah. so what a time. Um, and you kind of leading the way here, man. I first want to commend your consistency with Ask a Painter. Mm. That kind of... Yeah. I mean, there's no clearer choice for someone to lead the painting industry. Um, but number two, I, I kind of want you to give a little bit of um, a pitch here. You don't, you're not, you don't come across as someone that's going to do a pitch, but I want to get some people I'm that are on the to this expo. You know, I want to get them there. You know, and I think the big thing is, well, what am I really going to get? Okay, I'm going to meet some people. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to hear, you know, some experts talk. You know, what, what, what. Can, can you give me a little bit more of like that guy that's on the fence that's isolated you seven years ago that didn't have a Jason Paris yeah. tugging you along, you know, I mean, it, what, it, what can, what can we say to someone like that? So, all right, I'm going pure hard sales. I'm going to give you an immediate value prop and I'm also going to appeal to your true needs that I feel, which is loneliness and to be better at this. So if, if I was that human, I would say, this week, if you sign up for the expo, it's a thousand bucks. I think next week, if you walk up to the door, it's 1100. I think if you would have got in in 2023, it's eight or 900 bucks. Let's just call it a thousand. You're going to get four days. So $250 a day 
of the most world-class humans speaking and sharing their knowledge. Every single human who is going to be producing education and speaking is Tanner Mullen-esque. They are excited, they're pros, they're subject matter experts, and they will give you an immense amount of details. There is the trade show where hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of our vendors get together and you get free t-shirts and you get to meet Tanner in person and you get to see all these other people, um, all our big contributors there. You get all your meals and drinks for free over the course of four days. There is a massive party every night put on by our vendors. And uh, in the past, we've had it on pirate ships. They have shut down parts of Universal Studios. So this is not this, hey, there's uh, free watered down tap beer in the lobby. They literally put us on coach buses, send us somewhere else, and uh, we uh, we go to these massive parties there overnight, and it's uh, it's an and incredible time. These are hosted time. by it's Sherwin a- Williams, Benjamin Moore, PPG, uh, you know the, yeah, absolutely. the, the top yep. dogs yep. in the industry. Yep, yeah, these are these are um, you know not only is the is the food and drinks covered during the day, but are the biggest industry vendors that we have show up in force at night and take care of us in a way you've never experienced before. So they're okay. There's the immediate value prop where honestly, for world class education, all the logistics taken care of for you, that's pretty cheap, 250 bucks a day. Now, if I'm appealing to the the intrinsic loneliness in everybody, which is I can guarantee you this. I've seen people walk into these things skeptical. I've seen them walk in like, listen, I don't know what this is all about. I think they just tried to get me to sign up to be a member. They want me to be here. I've seen people walked away literally like they don't even know if they think about this industry the same anymore. Like their minds are blown. Their worlds are expanded. They've met people who do things you didn't even think were comprehensible. That person gave you their email address and you're going to correspond this next week and learn together. And I have seen the pipeline. Yeah, you you take the uh, you take the uh, Tanner Mullen pipeline. You take connections on your Facebook group. You do gathering a minute, uh, gathering of Florida painters, um, possibly even podcasts, and you start having acquaintances. There's people commenting on stuff. You go from connection to acquaintance to friends. The closest friends I have in my entire life came from the PCA and the Expos. That's a true testament. That is that is a powerful statement, and I think. Yeah. If you're on the fence, it's, you know, it's time. I'm going to get this out ASAP so you can sign up. That was, you know, one of the things that we just wanted to push here is like, hey, you know, you have an opportunity. It's, you know, you never know what you're going to learn. If you think $1,000 is a cost, then you should think about what is it going to really cost you to miss out on maybe a new idea, a new perspective, just your mind expanding and seeing something new. Um, so I'm, I'm all for this. I think Nick, you're a great leader of the PCA. And if you value anything Nick says, which we all do, I think you can know that Nick's going to come with truth and honesty and integrity. So Nick, as always, thank you, uh, for the gems. Um, any final words for the good people? No, Tanner, just thank you for everything, man. Seriously. It's like this industry is completely different. This is my 32nd year in the industry. There were no people like you and me with these mindsets when I was growing up like this. And we can see the difference. We see the people that we associate with. We see your Facebook group. We see custom software being made for us and we know it's changing. And right now, this is a weird decade where we see the opportunity, we see the differences, we see the benefits and the little freedom machines that we're making. The outside world doesn't see it yet. And pretty soon, just like the PCA, we're gonna turn this inward focus into an outward focus. And a decade from now, people are gonna be like, what in the hell happened to that painting industry? Like they were a bunch of ragtag alcoholics and rusty vans. And all of a sudden, look at us. 
Yeah. There's guys like this here now. And yeah, we're going to shock the world, man. Oh, it's, it's there. I mean, <laughs> the painting business is very appealing now. Um, glad to be a part of it. I think it's the best business Same. in the world, to be honest with you. I agree, man. Nick, You're not going to get a complaint man. from me there. Yeah, I know that. Thanks, Thanks again, Nick. As Thanks, always, Tanner. excited to see you next week. Likewise, man.